0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 64 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comment number five, and my fellow host, whose Arby's was a sacred ground back in high school, Big Tuck. Calling Big Tuck. Are you there? Well, let's see if we can't dial in a replacement. g3 you want to do this last minute i'm in awesome hey buddy how's it going this is g3 from mtg lexicon he's filling in for big tuck uh appreciate you doing this last minute how are you doing sweet
1: i'm, I'm doing good i'm glad to be here glad to sit and talk and talk the uh mtg news sweet uh
0: so i, I don't know how your uh week has been but my work week has been It's been weird. It's like some days it's insanely busy. Other days it's insanely slow. uh, Or there's days like today where I did not stop for like 11 hours um, and I do work from home. So it's just sitting there and I can just feel my fingers getting carpal tunnel. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not that far off from getting a Luke Skywalker metal robot hand.
1: Uh, personally, my, my work hasn't been too crazy, but my domestic life uh, has been focusing a lot. We have a puppy that we just got like a month or two ago, and oh, I have wow. a a daughter who just turned 15 months yesterday. So dealing oh, with the double trouble between them, it's been a little, a little crazy. <laughs> but other than that, it's been uh, pretty good for, in, my, in my life.
0: Well, that's awesome,
1: man. Uh, so
0: I guess two questions. One, what kind of dog did you get? Mm. And two, being at fifteen months, are you and your fiance, significant other, um, wife, whatever? Are you guys still doing like the monthly celebrations? Or are you guys done doing that? I I never know. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, how old's your kid?" And it's like, "Oh, they're thirty nine months." <laughs> I never know when you stop saying the months.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll do reverse order. So answering the baby thing first. Um, after one year we stopped counting weeks and i assume once we hit two years we're just going to stop counting months i mean that that's just the way <laughs> gotcha. things go uh, i mean the, we didn't really celebrate yesterday but my wife has been taking uh monthly photos so just as a okay. as like a little thing but i assume after at, at two months that's gonna not not be a consistent thing that's that's my presumption uh, as far as the gotcha. dog we we used to have a german shepherd uh but he passed we, we had to put him down because he had a degenerative uh thing going on a few months ago and gotcha. that was kind of a hard thing for our family and so we were talking yeah. about maybe late spring oh sorry late winter early spring about getting another dog but then kind of a serendipitous thing happened, and we ended up getting the puppy like a month ago. So uh, that's yeah. that's been that's been dominating our domestic life last few weeks.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet, man. Uh, yeah, puppies are a lot of work, um, but you know they're, they're a ton of fun. Um, and then it's crazy once the years go by. And I'm sure it's the exact same thing way with kids. But I do not have kids. I just have a dog. And when I when I see him now, he's like 75 pounds of just muscle and fat uh, and just this big sausage ball. But then I see puppy pictures of them like oh you used to be so tiny yeah. to be people to you fit you, can, you in my s- palm see on my lap Crazy. and now i don't want you on my lap <laughs> <laughs> no totally for sure well thanks for tuning into the episode guys and as always with the Manolith commentary from rich chaos records is squee mcgee what's going on squee
2: oh nothing just uh just flew into the studio about eight minutes ago from a long ass day <laughs> but uh no it's been pretty fun uh it's been a good week uh, put together a new smoker for my, my parents yesterday and then tried to use it today and went on quite an adventure. Let me tell you, almost burnt the house down. Not quite as bad <laughs> as Mr. Combo's uh, fire pit on the deck fiasco from a couple of oh, weeks dark. ago. Uh, we had <laughs> no, this one very under control, but uh, yeah, it was an arduous day. You know, I thought it was going to be nice. You go and you set up the smoker, put some nice meat in there. It's, it. it's one of those pellet smokers that's automatic so you're supposed to just kind of let it run and do its thing and you know not really pay attention and it didn't go anything like that at all uh <laughs> but i'm excited to finally now sit down stop running around stop worrying about things burning and
0: uh just chat some mtg Oh, awesome, man. Uh, Yeah, I actually I believe squeeze parents had the same same smoker that I got. And we were texting a little bit today and he was having some challenges getting it started. And I remember the first time I got it. It was actually Thanksgiving last year. I woke up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. because I was going to smoke a turkey got my old smoker out and it just would not work. So I had to go to Lowe's at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, buy a smoker, <laughs> put it together, and then smoke the turkey on Thanksgiving for dinner that night. Um, so you feel like you were kind of running on fumes and a little stressed out because you're yeah. trying to get this thing going. I had people to feed and I was like, oh God, if I don't get this thing cooked, they're going to eat me alive. Now you went through a real
2: experience. Did you have the or- same experience I did to where like the beginning, the instruction booklet didn't not really do a good job. It garbage. It didn't <laughs> garbage. tell you exactly how to get this. It was like, here's how you put it together. And that went fine. But then when it comes to the point where you're like, all right, I got some meat. Let's turn this thing on. Let's make some fire. Let's make some smoke. Let's do this thing. It was like, Well, you know, you just kind of hit the on button and then uh, there it goes. (laughs) Not how that works at all. So then I went to YouTube and I was like, YouTube, somebody's on here has got to have covered this. They sell this thing at like Lowe's and Walmart and everywhere. It's a pretty popular brand with good reviews. Somebody can tell me how to put this thing together and actually get it to start lighting pellets on fire and making real smoke. Nobody had a video that was any good at that. (laughs) Everybody was just like, yeah, you just kind of, you know, and just uh, there it goes. And I was like, wow, this is... Worthless. So I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, if you guys want to know more ways that you can support squee and hopefully getting him some booklets or YouTube videos on how to use this smoker and the rest of the content we put out, you should head over to our sponsor level one game They sell all the tabletop accessories that you need. Uh, all the sealed magic product, loose magic products, just go hook them up. They're the ones that give do our monthly giveaways. So helping them supports that, which supports you guys. Um, but if you would actually like to put some dollars in pockets, so that way, uh, uh, squeak and go out and buy another gold mine of a box off of Facebook. Let's do this uh, head over to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we have four different pledge levels and you guys for just a buck a month can get access to the discord or this is still october so if you join at least squeeze choir or above uh you'll be eligible for the wool cotton cmd tower holiday sweater that is Ooh. jund that'll be shipping in december you'll be able to get that for just the 15 bucks it costs to ship it and so it looks so, uh, nice. it looks so oh so man nice. it's so cute and it's filled with all the hashtags <gasps> i'm going uh, so uh, yeah, you guys should definitely go check that out. Uh, but if you can't actually help us out from a monthly perspective, but you would still like to pick up some of the sweet swag, whether it's the play mats, the sleeves, any of that stuff, head over to cmdtower.com/merch. We sell everything on there. Yes, patrons get first crack at it and get it a little bit cheaper. But you know what? If maybe you join Squeeze Choir and just get the Squeeze Coin, but you want to get a pack of sleeves, you can just go buy that as well. Please go do it. It is over flooding my basement. Eventually. I will be doing toys for tots, but they will be just getting (laughs) magic sleeves, which no tot wants. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And of course, every episode we want to give a big shout out to the music provided by pink Royal and Hey, stay tuned till the end. So you guys can get details on how you can win that. EDH Zendikar rising deck bundle from level one game shop. So Bruce and Builds is our deck text series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can actually bring us. Each month will be a new theme and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how his beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. I don't know how to do this since Big Tuck's not here. Uh, squee, cue the roll. First ones to be rampant, setting your board state—that's grains.
3: Yes, and grains are the foundation of any beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually at about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Dex always needs ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats, and just like the grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards.
0: The next is going to be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? We call that hops.
3: And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs, or, like my most (laughs) recent brew, a hop-blasted red ale. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck
0: can do what it wants. How does your deck actually close out or win games? We call that yeast.
3: Yeast are actual living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Now, without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game.
0: Then we have shenanigans. These can be pet cards, synergies, alter the broods that are in the deck that are just kind of fun that maybe don't really have a home. We call that spice package.
3: Yes, and spices, although not in every beer, uh, help help determine and recategorize beers from a normal stock beer into a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of extra dry hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Again, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it.
0: And then to cap it off, we do have redundancy. It's a bottle capping. These are going to be, well, actually, screw you, Big Tuck. Suck it. It's going to be G3s and Is recommendations to the deck that are going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing we are wrapping up our weird mechanic month. We've gone from charge counters. We've gone to fighting. Uh, we've gone to, in fact, which isn't that weird, but we let Big Tuck have it. So we brought on <laughs> G3 from MTG Lexicon. Uh, I've streamed with these guys a few times and they know how to brew some very funky decks. And when I threw this out there, he threw me one that I'm very curious to hear about. So we're gonna be talking about Derevi Animated Lands My with boy! Derevi Imperial tactician yes so um g3 how in the heck did you come up with
1: this that's a great question. And as speaking some, as someone who has over 50 sleeve decks, oh my god, is There's another quite one a lot, I know. I'm sitting
0: at 40 big Tuck. I think is at like 49 or 50. It's good you to know, see uh, as, as another part of brother the rehab part of the group. Program,
2: you can go read my most <laughs> recent
1: Squee article. It, it has a formula. I am trying to get rid of some of them, so if anyone's interested, go go buy my decks. Anyway, I <laughs> I can't speak specifically as to how I came up with this deck, but I always liked the idea of, of like animating lands and turning them yeah. into creatures. Um, and Battle for Zendikar probably was a pretty big influence on this, but I think I I built it like a year or two after Ban- Battle for Zendikar came out, since. Uh, I think I opened like two boxes of that yeah. set and so I just a lot of a lot of the draft chaff this deck has evolved over time taking out a lot of the awakened spells and th- those awakened spells you can pay an extra cost to do the regular effect of the spell but also to turn a land into a creature and add plus one plus one counter to it equal to the awakened number and so I've taken over time most of those cards out uh, but the the Derevi deck's kind of like a Doyen, no- Noyandar. It's kind of a Noyandar hidden commander deck. Um, but over time, that's that's moved away as the as the main thing. Uh, it also had like a landfall theme because of uh, kind of that Zendikar base. Yeah. But now it's not so much a landfall deck either. It's just uh, animating lands and trying to do that as much as possible. There's kind of like a... Uh, a return to hand and play them again kind of theme in here that's that's more so than landfall is the idea of like cycling cards back to your hand and getting them back to the field so there's there's that effect to it it's a it's a very unique effect i think i went with derevi because of derevi's trigger whenever derevi etbs or creature you control deals combat damage to a player you can tap or untap target permanent so the whole idea was to turn the lands into creatures Yeah, use them to swing face and then trigger Derevi to untap them and tap for mana. So just, it's kind of convoluted. There might be a better commander for this, but that's, (laughs) that's the, that's the one I went with. I am considering doing a package right now with the new, uh, I don't know how you say it but oboon for the Landfall yep. commander from the Zendikar commander deck and just kind of have this be a split deck where I have a blue package and a red package and have it switch between the red's going to be more landfall theme and mm. the blue's going to be this this uh bounce to hand land theme that I got going on. So that's that's something I've been considering recently.
0: No, that's super cool. Um, And, you know, if you guys aren't 100% familiar with Derevi, it's banned. So that's just green, white, and blue. Um, G3 already run off its uh, most important. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to call it its second most important ability. Yeah. So, because he also has flying. That's the third most important. And it is a 2-3. You're probably rarely ever going to be dealing combat damage with him. But ladies and germs this was in a day when wizards didn't know how to control the power level of commanders sure and pre-con products uh so Whoa, wait has isn't a- that today has anything <laughs> changed
1: between today and 2013 this is the beginning of the end the 2013 aloro derevi both of them had like semi-eminence abilities before yeah. eminence came out i think just the the first the first commander decks in two thousand eleven, those were, were niche, overcosted, sure. mostly fun to build okay. around. Yeah. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen commander decks, beginning of the end. <laughs> oh broken. <laughs> All of them so bad. And now we're gonna have so, what, like eight thousand partner combinations that you can put together right? here in a couple of months. Terrible, terrible. So Derevi's ability is pay one and ban. so four pay four, put Derevi from the Command zone to the battlefield, so just avoids commander attacks altogether. The only other commander that has something similar is, uh, Yuriko, which has the commander Nujitsu. Yep. But other than that, no other commander has this whole freebie ability. So Derevi always will cost four, unless it's the first cast, which costs three. It's so gross cool. yep. And the fact that
0: you could do it at instant speed, which is also yes. disgusting. Like, let's be honest. It wouldn't be that bad if I said put Derevi onto the battlefield from the command zone. Only if this is your turn, right? It could even yes. be just a let's contain it in the turn, not at sorcery speed. Um, um, and I think that'd be fine. It's just the fact that, oh, board wipe. Okay. Well, I'll just play it on your turn. Okay. Yeah. I'll pass to exile it. Okay. Well, I'll just play it on your turn. Right. You, you just constantly, you just never get rid of it. Um, and you can and sit on this it set- too
2: in your grave, or like in your command zone and somebody's got a big mm-hmm. swing and beater. You just go, nah, tapped. Let me put Derev in. <laughs>
0: well, and, and the cool thing, and I think you've built this in a very interesting way to where that is the negative with man lands. Because that's basically what they're called, guys. You know, uh, whenever you turn a land into some sort of creature, uh, whether it's through counters or some other effect,
1: uh it basically I prefer turns... dude lands. Dude, dude, dude lands. lands. I like that. <laughs> no, I I mean I've I've tried to make it more I, I mean, consciously make it gender neutral. Sure. So I, I go, I, I call them animated lands as far as like animated. a uh, less colloquial but more inclusive term. Animated lands or living lands. That's that's typically why I call them. I want to call them easy removal lands. Uh, yes. because that's usually
0: <laughs> the biggest fear with doing uh, these types of animated lands. It's the fact that you've turned it into a creature, so now it's acceptable to these board wipes, you have to swing with it. So now it's tapped, so you can't even use it for mana. But with Derevi, this cool aspect of like, well, I can swing and I'll be able to untap it because of Derevi's ability, whether it's I flash it in or it's already on the battlefield. Uh, So now I have that mana, like you said, either for second main phase shenanigans or instant speed shenanigans for the table. Um, I think this is a very spicy brew. And before I get into the stats on your deck, have you ever won with it?
1: E- yes. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. uh, yeah. randomly, randomly, um, Kaya Vess on Twitter put out a call for people to play a, a virtual EDH game, and I, I, I was one of the first people to respond. So it's like I'm in, and so uh, we played on her Twitch, and this was the second game that I played uh, with with that group, and. Uh, the I I guess spoilers, how I won. Uh, There was a board wipe and then it didn't hit. I think it was a destroy all non land permanence. So I had already had animated lands on the field sure so i used leech of the tangle to animate um eight lands and turn them all into eight eights and so the next turn the board got wiped and then i had eight eight eights oh on field God. and just swung out for for lethal and won the game so did you do it, the board wipe sweet. or did someone else do it and just no, not realize so, someone it? else did they just didn't realize yeah, so, that you were going to have eight eight eights no someone else was about to combo oh, off, okay. i believe I, th- I think that was it uh, but that just ended up King making, King making so, me so well, and, like, I know, Mr.
2: Combo was about to combo off. I'm sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, well, cause you know, here's the thing I
0: love weird janky brews and I think that stuff's cool, but for me, I still like to play a deck that can win in some way, shape or form. So it's, it's kind of gold for me when I hear of a deck like this, or even last week, we had uh, Lowry from the commander Smith's on and talking about his Nyeth fighting deck. And when, mm. when you get a weird mechanic and it's like, oh yeah, I can actually win with this. It's not just weird for the lulls, that's very cool. Um, so from a deck stats perspective, you're at a 375 CMC, it's a little high, but, um, well, I say this, it's a little high by everyone else's standards. We have noticed on our cast that we're usually like three five to three oh, eight somewhere yeah, in sure. there. And, actually, and I think that's fine in
1: Commander. That's, that's probably, where where you want to be for for having some fun right. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um i think it's okay to be at a three three or three two or a three one and still have fun commander because you could just be playing like elf ball or yeah, uh, yeah. you know i'm playing, I'm playing the grand grass teeny weenies uh, but once you get sure. sub three, you know, some people are like, oh, I got to be at a two nine. I'm like, well, I probably don't want to play with you with like 80 percent of my decks or 90 percent of my decks. So,
1: yeah, they got 20 mana rocks. Yeah, and yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> so
0: three, seven, five is great. Uh, I do have some beef, man. Your colors That's fine. are way off your mana distribution. Your color pie is perfect from a production standpoint. But when you look at the mana you need to produce, you almost need 65 percent green, about Mm. 20 to 25 percent blue and then the remainder is white so we always ask this has it ever come back to bite you not having the colors that you need when you need it in the game
1: hmm i can't recall specifically for this deck um but i can i can maybe rock rock this deck a few more times and will okay. come back to you in the in month or two. <laughs>
0: I'll be interested to hear that because the way that I see your mana distribution is actually how our play group, well I'll at least say me and uh, Big Tuck used to build our decks. We'd be like okay, uh, how many colors? Just is match it? it. Yeah, four yeah. colors. Okay, we just need equal distribution of all the colors. Mm-hmm. But then when we started doing this channel last year we were like, wow, like we actually don't need as much red in this deck. Right. should probably cut out a bunch of the mountains because um, I need these other yeah. colors. So uh, I will definitely be interested to hear in the future if it's like, oh, you know what? I actually did notice I need more green because you got 52 green pips in the deck and combined you only have 34 blue and white pips.
1: That's a good point. I I should probably, you know, up up a little bit my like my blue stuff is typically later value kind of thing so maybe cut some of the blue and add some green since green is all the the setup all the well and if if you've cracked any
0: of the new boxes uh from zendikar rising you could put in those like dual like the quote-unquote dual lands and that would probably fix you right there yeah Yeah, i love those um and then the last thing is from a budget perspective i'm actually pretty pretty happy
1: with it um this is on the higher side for for um, most of my brews. Most of my brews are like in the 150, 250 oh, okay. range. I I am a anti staple person when it comes to commander. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a um, what's the term I basically i just search through all the cards i have and try and come up with something that has a a theme or two in 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 uh in relation and the decks i like i will improve over time uh but this is also one of my bling decks so i have a bunch of foils i have some altar sleeves um on some of the cards as well um and then just looking at the architect i don't because it just defaults for a lot of the version. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much that's actually playing into that. I, I don't use Architect, so I, I'm not too certain. Like I'm seeing the of oh, the prices even listed it's like spoiler i have an ugin the spirit dragon in here and it just doesn't have a price listed and it's the i think the no the m21 full art full art yeah. uh the borderless there you go uh so it just doesn't even have a price listed so i don't know how that factors into the the price it has yeah
0: like it's right now here. listing you at not, pcg not player sure. like 483 and, and so and actually mm-hmm. what i was gonna say is that's actually what we would consider mid to high range on a, a mm-hmm. price. You know, yes, I, you know, budgets usually 150 or less, um, but being at 480, I mean, if you think about it, that's not really crazy for a cost of a deck, because uh, that means your average card in the deck is like $4, $4.80. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of cards that unfortunately are quote unquote staples, even though you, you don't run them. You know, some cards are just considered that for whatever meta that they're being used in. And they'll be 15, 20 bucks for literally no damn reason. Uh, and then, you know, you'll have your, your cheap ones. So honestly, it, 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 I like it. And even when you look at your architect and you look at the cost above all your categories, Typically when I see a $480 deck, it's like, okay, you probably it's all on the lands. Yeah, you probably got 250 bucks in lands. You only got a hundred dollars <laughs> in lands. So you went very what I would call budget conscious in your lands, and you kind of spread your budget amongst everything, which is very cool.
1: And and part of it, part of it is I put my expensive lands matters cards in here. And that's that's actually part of it, is that Lands as an as a as an archetype has a lot of like niche cards mm-hmm. that do something like great like Crucible of Worlds mm-hmm. is in here. Yeah. That's like a fifty dollar card. Yeah. It's like I own a single copy of it. I have other decks that care about lands, but this is my jank yeah. living lands deck, and so I want up the power of my jank a little bit by using a a powerful effect like Crucible of
0: Worlds. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, uh, I say we dive into this thing and start with the rampant grains. Um, I'll kick this off and talk about a card that I actually don't think probably sees enough play, but it's probably because it is sitting in that three to $5 range, but it is just budget Oracle of Muldiah. Uh, we're talking about Corsair or Crufix. I'm a huge fan of this card. Um, colorless Green Green. It's an enchantment creature, Centaur. It's a two, four, and it's a rare. Uh, and it has three different effects on it. One, play with the top card of your library revealed. I'm usually a little waffly on this because that's just free information for your opponents. Yes, in theory, if you're playing at a casual table, that shouldn't matter. But still, you could be sitting with me and I could be playing a casual deck, but my mind is working in a way that's like, oh, I'm trying to absorb this information. So I'm usually not a big fan of that. But the fact that you're playing Awaken and Animate Lands, I don't think you're going to be showing anything that's really probably going to scare too many people. It's like, oh, he can untap his lands or, oh, he's turned everything into a 2 <laughs> Well, that seems odd. Yeah. They haven't figured out what you're trying to do yet. Um, the, nec- yeah. the next one, you may play the top card of your library if it's a land. Obviously, that's great for your deck. And then whatever land ETB is under your control, gain a life. So I say this is budget Oracle because Oracle basically kind of does the same thing. It just allows you to play an additional land per turn. Um, but... I like this card. it fits a lot of slots i wish i could see it played more but i like i said i guess i can see kind of why it probably doesn't sitting at that 350 to seven dollar price range it's not what you would consider quote unquote budget
1: it's it's despite having i think it's actually has like three printings maybe Hmm, two and a specialty printing so the fact that it's it's seven bucks um listed on here for card kingdom that's that's interesting
2: mystery boosters masters 25 born of the gods and then One that says unique and miscellaneous
1: promos. (laughs) Yeah, that that was the, um, there was a dual deck when Theros came Mm. out. So that that was the, I think it's an alternate art.
0: Yeah, you know what? And this is probably just one of those plagued by commander cards. Like it, it should get played a lot in commander, like I said. And so people buy them up um it's you know i mean heck look at soul ring soul ring still a four or five dollar card and they print like seven versions of it every single year and it's never gonna drop so all right well g3 what's your first card
1: yeah so i want to talk about burgeoning burgeoning is a uh, one drop enchantment um it says whenever an opponent plays a land you can put a land from your hand onto the battlefield so that that's like the i i picked it as my number one for the grain just because it it does what the deck wants to do is get lands on field um and i mentioned earlier just a kind of sub theme of bouncing lands back to my hand so this this lets me get the value of the bouncing back to the hand and just come back to the field um it is a little expensive it's around twenty dollars but the effect of just for one green and, and that's that's your optimal turn one play mm-hmm. with this deck is just being able to have a, a handful of like four or five lands burgeoning and something else and just drop them all yeah. in the first round. I, that's, that's the way to go.
0: Yeah, I wanna say I was at Magic Fest Vegas last year and I was at a pod with, um, it was the day after the uh, Commander 19 opening party uh, that they did. Um, and so everyone had their, you know, new commander decks and one guy had actually deck teched exactly what he wanted, came to the event with the cards he needed to add, and he was doing the morph deck. And so I sat down at a pod with them. Um, I wasn't playing any of the pre cons, but he was like, Hey, I'm gonna play this pre con, I've already upgraded it. And I was like, cool, man, do whatever you want. I don't care. And he went turn one burgeoning and next player fetch land crack that this next player I'm going to play another land this player play land he played a land and I think he got Kadama out or Kadena out that turn two and just went hamsicle on us it was just Gross. disgusting <laughs> uh, burgeoning is a fantastic card I do say it is just infinitely better than exploration um, I know you see a lot of those get played in Commander. Which playing an additional on your turns fine, but I would much rather whenever you guys play lands, especially if you get lucky G three and someone else is playing land deck and they're doing like they're fetch mm-hmm. into something mm-hmm. else and they're playing an extra land. You're like, okay, I'll just dump my hand, and you're in blue, so you're gonna draw cards at some point.
2: Yeah, imagine running this against say my yeah. Omnath deck. Like I'm just dumping lands out as soon as I. I can. don't want
0: to hear about your Omnath deck. Well, Nothing has ever happened <laughs> with that deck. It has sucked every time I've seen it.
2: Which was once. Ooh, I thought I've
0: seen it twice. Only one time, my man. Well, that's all it takes. One bad experience <laughs> in bed. Shade. <laughs> all right. Uh, my next card is the secret deck tech of the entire deck. Uh, no and royal shaper. Mm. Art is super cool. Um, three colorless Orza, or three colorless Azorius, the legendary creature merfolk ally. It's a four four. And it says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control. If you do, that land becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste that's still a land. After many years as a lull mage, Noyan Dar turned his talents from allying Zyndikar's fury to the considerably easier task of rousing it. Ooh, he's a rouser. Sounds like a fluffer. Um rabble rouser oh my god (laughs) so uh obviously you know a lot of the awakened spells are going to be instants and sorceries that's usually what the game is Uh, a lot of your protection in this deck is probably going to be instant and sorceries you you don't just have like a humongous instant sorcery package which i think is you know fine yeah you know we got six instants six sorceries so you get 12 cards so it's one of these cards that i think is going to hit the table No one's going to target remove it. It's just going to be like, well, do I really want to once again, you only have so many removal resources in a deck, so I may just leave it. But I think this is the card that can be sneaky good for you early game. And the reason I like it as a grain is because sometimes a grain card needs to protect you a little bit or deter opponents from coming. Yes, hops are more interacting with your opponents, but green sometimes is just like I got to get I got to get enough stuff on the board going. And if you could get 3 4 different creatures by let's go turn 9 just off a Noyandar, I think that's a win.
1: Uh, I didn't really build the newest version of the deck around that i think i alluded Mm -hmm. to that earlier so the payoff the payoff of hitting those instant sorceries definitely has gone down over time over the the different tweaks i've done uh, especially since i cut awaken spells from the deck which would have the added value of just noyandar adding three additional counters to whatever the awakened Mm -hmm. cost is or whatever um but definitely keeping at least for now keeping noyandar in there because that's the quote unquote (laughs) hidden commander of the deck it's it's the theme of the deck i feel bad if i if i well you know what it's
0: it's something you know g3 you might go through all these iterations and from a cmd tower perspective you may end up finding out that noyandar it's like you still want to keep it in as a secret commander but his value just may keep decreasing and decreasing and so he may be eventually shift from a green to a spice because there's just not enough cards that you can really justify keeping it, but you just want to keep it in for sentimental reasons.
1: Yeah, so uh, my second pick is going to be Joiner Adept. It's a elf druid that costs one and a green. Uh, It's a two one, but the the real, real bit here is lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So the reason I picked this is because a lot of my land base isn't really <laughs> suited for actually tapping for the sure. the mana i need and so the idea is to just give them that added effect of of covering my bases as far as my my mana fixing and be able to um, give give them give them what they they need like i have two cards th- three cards uh, cascading cataracts dark steel citadel and uh blink moth nexus yep. Mobilized district and let's see nantuku monastery and there's one more oh lotus field so all those um the reason i included lotus field in there even though tops for colored mana it has hexproof. So so the, the the idea is to turn that into a creature a, a living land with hexproof or cascading cataracts which has indestructible it taps for only colorless unless you pay five Mm -hmm. into it so if i play that turn one the idea is to eventually turn it into a creature but with um joiner adept on turn two it can still tap for the mana i need while i'm still setting up my game plan so all those lands i just listed the idea is that they don't really tap for the mana i need so joiner adept fills out that that um Mana and this definitely
0: fits into what how you describe yourself. You do not play commander staples or EDH staples because one could argue, well, why run Joiner Adept when you could just run Chromatic Lantern? it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. and you would say that there's less creature or sorry less artifact removal than creature removal um so i like that you were able to get creative find a, a way to do it without using a staple card which still blows my mind because this joiner adept hovers between three and five dollars and i've never even heard of it before
1: that it should probably be played more <laughs> honestly <laughs> all right
0: uh well my last one is a uh, I don't know I think it's a pretty cool card um, because uh, like I had mentioned your awaken effects are you know it's usually use it and lose it and sometimes your land creatures are going to die so Halamar Tidecaller is going to help you get that stuff back as a grain card but then also we talk a lot about modality on this cast and its other effects it's kind of a yeast as well so type Tidecaller is two colorless blue. It's a 2-3. Creature, human wizard ally. I think it could use one more creature type. I don't know. That's just me. Um, it could probably use one more. Uh, when it ETBs, you may return target card with awaken from your graveyard to your hand. So those what I would call use it, lose it cantrip type effects you get them back be able to do it again uh yes you don't have a bunch of insane rigmarole where you're blinking it nonstop and abusing it over and over so it's a very fair card i like that but land creatures you control have flying that's very unfair uh mostly because your land creatures are going to be big big beefy boys and they're just gonna smack people in the mouth um
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the added evasion um in this deck i think I am pretty limited on actual evasion effects but because of the way sure. this deck's built. It's very, it's packed full of like, it's it's a quirky combo of trying to like <laughs> balance between using lands as a resource, turning yeah. lands into creatures, protecting those creature lands, and then adding effects to those creature lands to make them sure. impactful. And so, like you said, having a modality between returning an awakened spell to your hand or giving, and, and it's not, or actually, and adding flying to the land, uh to the land creatures i think it is definitely a good pick for this deck as as being representative of like what what the deck Yeah for sure in.
0: and the fact that if you got this on turn 4 or 5 you'll cast it get probably an awakened spell back to your hand but then if you get it turn 15 or 17 you're not going to feel bad you're probably going to have a ton of those uh animated lands out there while played and probably win the game um, and that's not something people are going to see coming so very cool well uh mm-hmm. g3 what's your last one
1: yeah now now that i'm looking at it i'm i'm questioning questioning whether i should have had that as my actual pick just because i i'm feeling a little underwhelmed with my own choice <laughs> oh, of no. uh magus magus of the candelabra all right uh now 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 i'm questioning i'm questioning that as my choice because that that feels Uninspired. Oh no! Uninspired. No. Yeah. Um, Don't ever call yourself uninspired. I'm feeling like I... a. <laughs> so Magus the Candelabra. It's a one green human wizard. That's a one two. You pay X, tap it, untap X target lands, and so uh, that's just kind of, I guess, value. Yeah. That's just the the value of of getting with Derevi Like the idea is to to tap the lands to pay into it then trigger Derevi untap magus and generate mana but i i'm questioning i'm questioning my own choice here i can, can i can i go back well, so here's the thing though i, I
0: actually do Uh-oh. like this a little bit because i think it fits into a few different categories now granted
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, you you do have a card in your yeast section that uh, we'll just say gives you additional green mana when forests are tapped. We won't talk about the card now, just in case someone talks about it later. Uh, But you know, if you have something like that out with Magus of the Candelabra, I mean, that's a lot of mana you're making. Um, And the awakened spells aren't cheap, but really I kind of see this card a little bit into, we talked about it, your kind of colors are a little bit off. It could be, well, you know what? It's almost like a filter land. Let, let, me, let me put my blue mana into this because I actually need more white. Or let me put all my white mana in it because I need more Simic. Uh, so I see that as a way to kind of get you the colors that you need earlier in the game. But I think the cooler tech is, I don't think there's ever gonna be a point without global effects, we'll just leave it there, that all of your lands are gonna be animated lands with counters. You're probably gonna have two mm-hmm. or three, probably have two or three untapped lands. Maybe your animated lands are tapped. Couldn't do a to shit again. Maybe you got countered. Uh, people are like, well, this is my chance to take out G3. I'm going to swing in knowing his 9-9, his 8-8, and his 5-5 are tapped. Well, let me put a little bit of mana in. Magus of the Arbor. Now I got blockers. Let me go ahead and do that. So I, I actually do think it's a pretty cool card that for this deck specifically has a lot of fluidity.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. all right a bo- bonus, bonus. here's a bonus card better right. representative verdant verdant touch it's a one in a green sorcery it has buyback for three and the text says target land becomes a two two creature that's still land reminder text this effect last indefinitely. So that's that's a that's a good um and can be used defensively to turn turn opponents uh lands into creatures. That's that's maybe a better representative of what the deck's doing and since the effect isn't temporary like maybe half the effects in this deck turning creature turning lands into creatures, this effect mm. is permanent. So it only costs 2 or I can t- cast it on turn five and have the buyback so I can do it more and more uh, and just, you know, have that that single creature that I want to start building up as my, no, that, as that's my a, creature land. So little bonus. Yeah, I mean, I like card. bonus cards. Uh, I've actually never heard of Verdant Touch. Um,
0: it sounds like something I need to call an adult for because uh, I, I need help. Oh. I'm scared. And uh, I hope no one ever plays this on me because I do not want you turning my lands into two, two creatures and then nev's disking because that would make me weak. We're talking about that uh, guy's cradle sitting <laughs> over there. Hey, you shut your mouth. Go, <laughs> right? All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the green belt. Now we're going to head over to the hop profile. And G3, why don't you start us off, man? What's your first hop card you would like to talk about?
1: Yeah, so I I kind of teased at this earlier. Um, oh, I, I guess I... I, this was a spoiler. I think I said it wasn't a spoiler earlier. Storm Cauldron, hey, that's my go. top pick for the hops. It's kind of a goofy effect. Um, it's a five-cost uh, artifact, and the idea behind it, at least in this deck, is that I'm going to get more value off of it than my opponents are. It's really, it's really not going to really not gonna help out my opponents at all. It's a five cost artifact. It says each player may play an additional land during each of their turns. And whenever a land is tapped for mana, return it to its owner's hand. So with this deck, the idea is that I'm not gonna be tapping all Mm -hmm. my lands for mana. Part of my lands are gonna be creatures and be used as creatures. So, and I have effects where I can break that parity where I'm able to play additional lands. So my land output getting back onto the fields can going to be a lot quicker than my opponents. And so this little stacks effect is going to reduce my opponent's uh, resource availability while not really affecting me all that much.
0: I can see that. Um, I mean, you do have, you know, a, a few different ways, like we talked about burgeoning already, that you're able to, to get additional lands out. And so I can see that point. The biggest thing that I just, and granted I've never seen a deck like this, so uh, I could be just speaking out of my rear end, Um, I just get so worried about lands going back to your hand, knowing that you're turning your lands into creatures, which makes them more susceptible to be, you know, removed uh, board wiped, heck, even like activated abilities of creatures can can do that. And so the, the fact that, okay, well now you gotta tap stuff because your deck's fairly heavy CMC to be able to get stuff out, and well now you're bouncing stuff back, That it, it just seems a little scary to me, especially since you don't run a big mana rock package. Um, so I'll I'll talk a little bit more into it later, but I think this is actually just a very cool card in general. Um, I'm surprised I don't run this in my Lord Windgrace deck. Seems like it screams Lord Windgrace to be able to get lands back to hand and discard (laughs) and draw cards. Um, or even run this in my Azoria citywide lockdown deck. Ooh, the ideas are percolating. Everyone's going to hate me moving <laughs> forward.
2: Also, fun fact of the day: the normal price of this is two seventy-three. Since it's seventh edition, the foil is eighty-three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> oh, those seventh edition foils.
0: <laughs> or aren't those like the really like cool foiled I, out ones? like are cool like, with...
2: foils. And then back in seventh, yeah. they only put like on average yeah. one foil rare in a box. I think.
1: Oh, wow. I do want to say uh, a, a point you were making about like, oh, being worried about destruction. Uh, destroying your creature lands this is actually a little bit of protection against destruction because instead of having your creature land get destroyed tap it for mana it goes to your hand yes you lost some of the the resource that you built into it by turning it into a creature but you're protecting your actual land base and not having it in your fine
0: g3 or i can just call all right Um, so what is your so my first, first one is a very, I really like this card. Um, I actually, uh, I wish it was streamable cause I would, I would absolutely stream it with you guys, but it's not. Um, I, I did a completely custom game of Thrones deck where I picked out all the art, mashed it to the hmm. MTG cards. Um, had someone uh, play test the cards uh, for me. Uh, I got it in foil, which I thought was gonna be cool, but it's just damn near impossible to see in real life, let alone camera.
1: Yeah, that's the yeah. problem with proxies sometimes, depending on so, how you get- But this was it. actually one of the ones
0: I did in there for Tommen of uh, House Baratheon. We're talking Tomic, Distinguished advocate. So mm. this is white white, legendary creature, human advisor. It's a rare from war uh, to two, three, Flying, because you know, Tom and uh flew off of his castle wow. just kidding, he dove oh, to his death. God. <laughs> oh oh, oh. <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> the flavor on that is scary. Oh, oh god, I'm The flavor now. Um lands on the battlefield and land cards in oh. graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control, which is the real big thing, because obviously if it was a universal rest-in-peace mm-hmm. type effect, that would suck for this deck. But the fact that it shuts down your opponents is great. And your opponents can't play lands from graveyards. That's fantastic as well. And the flavor text: some bend the law. I tie it into knots. I don't know if that has to do with Tommen, but you know we'll mm-hmm. rule with it. Uh, so this does a lot of different things. In my opinion, G3, and I don't know how long you've been playing EDH. Obviously, with 50-plus decks, it's been a hot minute. EDH has gone from mm. battle cruiser, and it's starting to get more and more streamlined. As much as people want to say they're not CEDH, and yes, you may not be actual CEDH, which, in my opinion, should be its own format, um, but you are getting more tuned. People are getting more competitive. Maybe not from I gotta win, but their cards are getting better. And the biggest thing I'm starting to see now is is that just because someone uses a land and it goes to the graveyard, does not mean that's the last time you're gonna see that land. A lot of decks, even if it's not graveyard centric, Mm -hmm. are gonna pull lands out of the graveyard to use them as resources again. So the fact that it says lands on the battlefield and land cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. It's gonna shut down any type of ramp recursion they're going to have, but also protect you from getting punished that way as well and the fact that your uh, opponents can't play their own lands from the graveyards that kind of adds to the whole thing so i think it hits at a lot of different areas protection mm-hmm. for you it's hurting your opponents um i think it, i think it does what this deck wants
1: yeah this is actually my uh second pick as well awesome. for that reason the 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 fact that it the primary text is lands on the battlefield that i um mm-hmm. basically have hex proof so uh, it doesn't say that because it also affects land cards in graveyards and. Typically, cards don't get abilities in graveyards, but the the fact that it gives land, my lands actually yep. it hits all in, so opponents' lands can't be targeted either, which is rather interesting. And there's there's a few uh, niche cases where that would be uh, relevant, but the fact that it it'll make my land creatures untargetable that's the primary effect I'm going for. Mm-hmm. The rest is just gravy. The the fact that it it turns off opponents. Uh, graveyard shenanigans. I, I think that that's very, very important in in just a in a vacuum. It, sure. Obviously, it depends on. The and character. if you're playing another awakened
0: deck, you just gave them the good old fu. It's great. All right, man. Well, <laughs> uh since we shared on that one, it's going to be your go now. What is your now last hops card?
1: Yeah. So uh it's going to be Nature's Revolt. It's an Mine enchantment. Too. Oh my Whoa, gosh! Oh,
0: there it is. So first double shared. On
1: maybe i mean it's kind of a split between nature's revolt and living lands the decks named after living lands the enchantment (laughs) so how about i talk about living lands it's less important because of the way the deck structured living lands is enchantment that costs three and a green and it says all forests are one one creatures in, in addition to being lands. so this deck doesn't maybe run enough forest for that to be relevant but the fact that this is in the hops category is because it's going to mess with the opponents by just Mm -hmm. turning them into targets that's that's the idea is that it's helping me because that's my game plan uh nature's revolt to skip ahead is all ends on the field are two two creature lands. So living lands, more narrow band of that. It costs one less than nature's revolt. Uh, yep. It only hits, hits forest. But the, the idea behind both of these is that I'm playing into the effect. I'm I'm already working towards the goal of protecting my living lands, but the opponents might have a board wipe or something up and they want to they want to destroy my living lands. But now they have living living land. So they're less likely to use destruction or damage based um, effects to to get rid of all creatures on the board.
0: And you didn't even hit on what I think is actually the most important part and why I picked Nature's Revolt. For you, I think, you know, especially with. I think for your deck, you. It's not like. Well, hopefully you're not in a situation to where you play a land and you're like, God, and you know this is what a five cost, so we're at least turn five or six, and it's like I have to play this land because I have to hit my mana drop because I have to do this. I feel like this is a little bit slow play deck. You're not mm-hmm. coming out of the the gate screaming. Yeah. In Nature's Revolt, the fact that it turns all lands into creatures, uh, summoning sickness, anyone? It's going to absolutely halt. Hmm everyone at the table and allow you to be able to catch up because you're playing the slow game anyways the fact that's that a good point you got to play a land and pay six mana maybe to throw some counters on it to actually do something with them um, you're okay taking a few turns off like that's not that big of a deal
1: I hadn't considered that I, you know in the back of my mind I'm, I'm aware of that but yes the fact that it turns them into creatures it does not also grant haste like a lot of yeah. my effects that animate the lands. It also includes that it gains haste rider text. Mm-hmm. So the fact that both of these effects just blanket turn them into creatures. The opponents don't really have a say about that unless they have a, a haste effect. The next yep. land they get out, it's as if it comes into play tapped, which is 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 pretty impactful. That's a good point.
0: And you know, to be a real jerk, you could always put an Elish Norn in the deck, and that's just a nonstop board wipe forever. <laughs> Yikes.
1: <laughs> Yikes.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my last one, um, you know, once again, had never seen this card before. I really, really like it, especially for this deck because you got to protect your lands. Sacred Ground. Mm-hmm. Colorless White Enchantment. Uh, Whenever a spell or ability an opponent controls Causes a land to be put into your graveyard from play Return that land to play The knight knelt and prayed First for sanctity of his land And second for the strength to repel its invaders (laughs) If you have this out there So one of the things we talk about on our cast And I mean you guys stream multiple times a week And so you see a lot of gameplay Mm -hmm. Would you say on the scale of creature removal to probably land removal enchantment is pro enchantment removal is probably closer to the land removal it's just it's sparse few and far between artifacts is probably closer to creatures planeswalkers there's more removal now maybe that's closer to the enchantment and land removal we just see that there's not a lot of enchantment removal what do you guys usually see
1: yeah yeah that's that's um about on par we a lot of our interaction just depends on the deck it seems like each each of the sure. hosts of mtg lexicon has kind of a different flavor of building that's that's typical but the i guess most frequently you're gonna see red based damage uh board wipes you're gonna see um maybe counter spells uh, but not too many uh N- like, mass naturalized type effects. Maybe you'll sure. see a spot removal for a single artifact or enchantment, but you're not going to see mass removal for enchantments. And this deck's actually pretty enchantment heavy, and so them targeting Sacred Ground versus I don't know, a burgeoning, like, it, it's it's almost a toss-up. It's like, okay, do, sure. do I slow them down, or do, <laughs> I, do I get rid of their protection? So, yeah, we, we don't see all that much enchantment removal, um, and... As far as our specific streams uh, house rules, uh, we've we've banned mass land destruction as far as a sure. as a gen as a as a general rule, uh, we, we haven't b- banned anyone's deck from coming on like if we if you were to come on you're not too familiar with our rules if you if you have mass land destruction in your deck we're not going to say swap out the card we're going to say you better win if you're casting (laughs) that so that that is a house rule that is a house rule because we did have a, a few a few interactions a few years ago where it was like this is a slog you blew up our lands Nothing happened and now now we're sitting for another 40 minutes rebuilding and it's 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 yeah. we're streaming like most of our games aren't on the kitchen table nowadays they most of our games are actually played on stream and so we, we have the extra consideration of having viewers uh, to, to look out for and so we we typically don't play. Mass land destruction effects we do are we're okay with targeted land destruction um so my this deck is definitely with that in mind i don't really have to worry about my my precious land babies getting all blown up
0: well and so the thing the the reason i kind of asked that is because this is an enchantment that to us mass enchantment removal is very few and far between unless it's a bounce and targeted is gonna be the more likely. Is someone really gonna waste a disenchant on a sacred ground when, you know, omniscience exists yes, out there yeah. in the world? <laughs> uh, or, um, oh gosh, of course I'm drawing a blank on it now. Um, it, not uh sanguine bond, there we mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, An exquisite blood, those types of things exist. Sacred ground is going to stay around forever. And that is just so good for this deck, because when someone gets rid of your lands that are uh, animated lands or not. Immediately back back. to the
1: field. Yeah.
0: And you're like, all right, cool, I guess. Yeah.
1: For for two (laughs) mana, most decks would not even consider this, but for for my deck, a two a two mana effect that just basically revives all my lands whenever yeah. they they're in danger. This this is a very powerful effect for this deck.
0: Awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to the yeast package, and I will kick this off with one of my favorite enchantment auras. Out there, uh, next to Raincore. Raincore is pretty up there. I love that card. Uh, but Bear Umbra mm. is so good in this deck. Two colorless green green. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two. And it has, whenever this creature attacks, untap all lands you control. And it gives totem armor. So the enchanted mm-hmm. creature, if it would be destroyed, instead, remove all damage from it and destroy this aura. So, I- You tell me if my mindset's wrong. I I would say most people, they see this card, that's like, oh, this is awesome. I could probably put this on one of my animated lands. It kind of gives it indestructible. I'm gonna be swinging with it anyways. It like untaps itself, it gets a little bit bigger. I actually see it as putting it on Derevi because it has Mm. flying and evasion. And there's always gonna be someone at the table that's open for business. So you can swing out with all your uh, animated lands and Derevi. Bear Umbra is going to trigger. You're going to untap all those lands. And then maybe you have to tap them and do instant speed removal. You need to activate an ability, Uh, whatever you have to do. They all deal damage. The Revi abilities goes on the stack. Everything untaps. So Mm -hmm. it's basically like you got vigilance, but you also got to do everything with your animated lands, which is usually the big downside with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't say I've gotten Bear Umbra off too often but that's that's a good point i i like the idea of putting on Derevi just added protection on Mm Derevi and the the combination of of effects of the bear umbra and Derevi's own own uh procking i I like that i like that combination of effects there noise
0: all right well what's your first game winner
1: yeah uh terra eternal it's an enchantment that costs two and a white and it just says all lands are indestructible (laughs) <laughs> there you go uh once that's on, once that's on the field uh, very much like the sacred ground uh rather than sacred grounds like this passive if any destruction's coming sure. my way it's it's just going to give me the value i put it in my my yeast category because i'm not technically trying to use it passively i want to use it actively that way i can alpha strike with my lands and be able to just swing out without any any worry coming my way Uh, so that's that's the idea behind terror eternal is just make them indestructible and typically i can start swinging uninhibited after that and not really worry about what's going on
0: that's a pretty amazing card i don't think i've ever seen that before but probably because i've never seen a deck I mean, unless you're playing like mass land destruction dot deck and but you don't want to lose your lands. Like, I I think I think out of all the I think I have one deck that does mass L.E. or MLD, uh, but it's Kalia and it's or no, I run two. it's Kalia the vast because it's like I'm going to win. So, you know, game's going to be over two, three turns or Nihev the eternal because I generate all that red mana and then I'll cause lick you to death. Um, Mm Yeah but man that's that's a pretty cool card um I mean have you ever been able to get that while you've played this deck and sh- people just have panic attacks I assume
1: you know I, I probably don't have enough reps okay g- get, getting getting the getting the reps with this deck in so I, I don't really have all that much experience about it the problem with having 50 decks is is um <laughs> don't even you know you that, don't always <laughs> yeah you don't always play the decks you like so part part of the building is like i like the way this came together yeah and not so much the oh this plays really well gotcha. um so this is maybe not played as much as my interest in it warrants yeah so now that now that we've talked about the the deck for this episode i i, I think i want to get in in the next month or two a couple games in with it and just just get to experience the the really get to experience the flavor of the deck and see see what cards aren't and aren't are and aren't working and just see uh whether whether something like Terra Eternal is a oh no <laughs> moment for my opponents. Sure. So I I would like to be able to comment specifically on is Terra Eternal like this this um Scary effect for the opponents. Sure. I'm not really sure. Uh, I can't really comment on that. Uh, but I would, I would like to say yes.
0: <laughs> so uh, I will say this: uh, if you're able to remember, whenever you decide when you want to play it, um, shoot me a message on Discord. I will absolutely join that episode with you guys because I would love mm. to see and play against this. Uh, okay, it, it's just very interesting. Um, even if I get smacked in the face by like 17 lands, uh, that's okay. It's kind of like running blindfolded through the forest and just getting smacked by tree branches. Quack whack <laughs> um all right so my second card is i think pretty uh pretty good it kind of combos with bear umber and derevi like it i talked about uh, there. Woo. yeah we're talking about <laughs> nature's will dot yes.
1: question
0: mark uh do colorless <laughs> green green enchantment whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player Tap all lands that player controls and untap all lands you control. Without the Kami to speak to nature on our behalf, we must beg help from nature directly. Sashiro, so the anointed. So, I mean, there's not a lot to say about this. Uh, the fact that you only have to get one creature to deal damage for the effect mm-hmm. to happen is pretty phenomenal. And like we talked about with the rigmarole, with whether it's Bear Umbra or Derevi, you could do like if you have that in Bear Umbra and Derevi and yes, we're talking about Magical Christmas Land, but that's what EDH is. We're all about Magical Christmas Land. Uh, you're probably generating on in that combat
1: phase, doubled some instant your mana. speed effect that again, yeah yeah drop out. <laughs> so good, and the the fact that it, I mean, it's not relevant if if just like you're. I'll, the, the next player in rotation it's not going to affect them so much yep. but if, if you're if you're worried about um, your opponents doing instant speed interaction between now and their upta- uh, untap step mm-hmm. this effect of tapping down their lands is definitely important especially if you got some uh, blue players coming at you
0: well yeah because basically what you do is you force their hand you say you yes. have to make the decision now or you're not going to get to do it at all and then you're
1: protected for the uh, next the second main phase and be able to drop uninhibited.
0: Now I would assume, and I'm no rules lawyer, but if you swung a creature that could get through at each of your opponents, that triggers three times because it's whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, tap all lands that that player controls and all untap all that you control. So, mm-hmm. man, if if you had some ways to do unblockable or you have your Hallamore Tidecaller and they all have flying, that's a generating stupid mana. You're tapping down all of your opponents and hopefully you can win because if not, they're going to hate on you.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I don't really have too many trample effects in mm-hmm. this deck, um, but giving them trample or or just being indestructible, they're less likely to be chumped. Um, and so, just yeah, connecting against three opponents that that would be a, a pretty massive play for for most for most uh, pods. Upset, and I think I you haven't heard of this card before. This is awesome, right? It's it's unique for sure yeah um well what is
0: your second yeast card uh
1: yeah my second second yeast is gonna be nissa who shakes the world oh, okay this is a planeswalker and it says uh it's a it, it's a five drop three and two green and comes into play with five loyalty so that's the one from war the spark with the passive ability it says whenever you tap a forest for mana add an additional green so the like i mentioned earlier i probably don't have enough forests in this deck for that to be too impactful that's something i would maybe uh maybe change in the future uh just retooling uh would maybe be focus on basic forest a little bit more make it green centric perhaps uh so it says whenever you tap a forest for mana add an additional green that's just that's just gravy and as teased before with the um the Magus of the Candelabra that just adds additional value with mm-hmm. that being able to tap and then tap again for a bunch of uh, for a bunch of green mana. So I do have a couple, maybe just two shock lands. I've breeding pool you have 13. Total I have, uh, yeah, Temple Garden. I also have the canopy vista. So all those are forest you know add additional green for each of them um something that's not in my deck because I don't own it uh is prismatic omen omen uh prismatic omen gives all your lands all basic land types and so that's something that would be um actually I I I don't like my my no budget choice so I think I think that would be a well, we'll get to that in the ball capping but that that might be my no budget choice for for dropping into the deck is just focused a little bit more on the forest uh, theme in the deck mm-hmm. and be able to get the Nyssa who shakes the world value off. So Nyssa has two Planeswalker abilities. The first one is a plus one. Plus one, you put three plus and plus encounters on up to one non-creature land you control. Untap it, it becomes a zero-zero elemental with Vigi and Haste that still land. This is a permanent effect and starts it off as a three three something to note with this ability and a few others in the deck versus um as mentioned before with like nature's revolt nature's revolt starts it as a base two two mm-hmm. and uh nissa starts a uh, land creature as a base zero zero so effects like that where they i have a few effects that start land creatures off as a base that's higher than a zero zero so the the interaction between having a higher base and then adding counters is something that I've considered with this deck being able to get a little bit extra value when turning lands into creatures, just that interplay between having a zero zero base from one effect, but then another effect having it a higher base power toughness. Uh, and then the second ability is a minus eight. You get an emblem that says lands you control have indestructible. So another Terra eternal effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same same deal with this. The, uh, The idea is once they're indestructible, I can just start swinging out. And then you also get to search your library for any number of forest cards, put them on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. And so... Uh, you, once you get them onto the field, you can start plus one again and turn them all into indestructible vigilance, hasty creatures with at least three power and toughness.
0: Yeah, no, uh, this is who shakes the world. I remember when this card got previewed and I was like, well, that's what green needs. Uh, it's perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> um, you know, this is a card that honestly, you don't even have to have a animated land deck to run it because Mm -hmm. the plus one is up to one target so you don't even have to do it it'll just plus it and so it's just like five mana i got forest based mirari's wake i mean that still seems good um and then the minus eight
1: yeah you keep keep plussing while you care about the passive and then eventually you minus eight to just get the rest of your your lands onto the field
0: um and you know even if because here's kind of the cool thing about nissa If you're not actually doing an animated land deck and you're not in mono green, I can actually see this commander probably just sitting there or this planeswalker just sitting there. No one's probably ever going to attack it or remove it because it's like, well, you know, squee is playing three colors or even, um, you know, somewhat this deck, you know, it's three colors. So the fours are going to be few and far between. Um, the minus eight, do I really care if they get all the fours out of their deck? Probably not. Um, they come in tapped, so we can't even use them right now. Uh, the Indestructible is neat, but am I playing Land Destruction? Probably not. So this this is a Planeswalker that can actually just stick around and just get you double mana until someone gets rid of it because they finally realize how good it is. And hopefully by that point, it's too late. All right. Yeah. Um, my last one is also a Nyssa Planeswalker. Hey. I really, really like this. Uh, it's also a five drop, three colorless green green, Nissa World Waker. Yeah. Uh, and spoilers, that's my third hey, pick too. There all we right. go. Uh, planeswalker Nissa, she's a mythic, comes in with three loyalty, and all of her abilities are so good for this deck. Um, plus one target land you control becomes a 4 4 elemental creature with trample. It's still a land. Plus one. Untap up to four target forests, which I think that's probably the one I would guess you're probably using more often than not. Because you can swing with like four of your animated forests and then untap them. Uh, that just gave you... you can still f- use them for mana. Yeah, that's just yeah. free vigilance. And then minus seven. Search your library for any number of basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. Those lands become four-four elemental creatures with trample. They're still lands. That's also banana hammock. Um, I mean, you have what
1: 10 12 18 so ten, it's especially it has basic yeah it has yeah, basic, 18 uh, basics in the deck as a writer so yeah yeah that's real good i mean to be able to go get maybe it could be higher maybe especially with the forest maybe i could you know not na- talking about this deck and going through it definitely <laughs> has my my creative juices flowing a little bit nice. maybe maybe i do want to cut some of my land the targets i would turn into creatures like dark steel citadel all all the reason it's in there you know it's not tapping for colorless that Mm -hmm. that matters the fact that has indestructible and i can turn it into a a creature that's that's definitely a consideration but now looking at both these nissas and the effect that both of them have i I think i might just want to get more value from Mm forests. so I, i would Possibly uh, cut a dark steel citadel for just a basic Interesting. forest.
0: Yeah. So world waker. I don't know if this is a card that you could comfortably say you're going to play in a lot of decks, unless you are in mono green or an animated land deck. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's cool that you were able to find this very niche card and, and probably give it a home that it wrecks in.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that brings up. Uh, I had uh, the last Nissa as well. Not last, but I also had um let's see nissa nature's artisan uh and nissa voice of zendikar in this deck Mm -hmm. as well so a little bit of a a nissa sub theme you'll notice also have nissa steward of elements nissa vastwood seer and um nissa vital force all of those are in this deck as well so i had those other two plus the um actually do i have genesis mage i I might have not Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was getting at. And there's there's a uh, creature there's a creature from I think Hour of Devastation that it it taps for a blue or green and I think there's some rider text that cares about Nissa Planeswalkers. <laughs> so I had it in the deck, but then I I was like I'm just going to cut the two yeah. Nissas that don't care about lands and cut that cut Makes that sense. other one cuz I'm trying to Get all these goofy effects <laughs> off in this deck. That I, I kind of have to get rid of some of the non-thematic jank. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up the East package. Now we're gonna over to the Spice. We only got four options. G three. Mm-hmm. What did you pick? Twenty. You got a one in four chance. Yeah. We picked the same one.
1: R- right. So to to the to the cards here kind of fit the theme but they're not they don't go into the main package and they so they're not the cards i'm going to talk about because they so they they fit that little bounce package that i talked about earlier so it's it's slightly off theme but the card i am going to talk about is ugin the spirit dragon because yes (laughs) eugene uh so for those who don't know it's a eight drop seven loyalty planeswalker um the 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 line of text that matters on this planeswalker is a minus x ability each exile each um permanent with converted mana cost x or less that's one or more colors so the idea of this deck is that you're turning creatures in the lands uh they're kind of vulnerable but once you get ugin out you're able to minus for whatever is most relevant seven or less. You you basically got rid of everything on board except for your lands, who are also creatures, and now you have an open field to just swing face. And
0: another cool thing about it, when it's kind of paired with your living lands and nature's revolt, uh, his plus two lightning bolts your opponent's lands. So it's kind of pseudo strip mine, but he just stays around and gets bigger and more threatening. Um, Yeah, Ugin, the interesting thing with ugin you could argue he goes in every single deck i mean you know uh Hmm. being able to because he basically ultimates in two turns yeah on turn three he's able to ultimate and his ultimate's dumb uh gain seven draw
1: gain seven life draw seven put up to seven permanents (laughs) from your hand to the battlefield it's a sweet effect i just don't i don't know it it because of how powerful it is, I feel like most people are going to target Ugin compared to some of the other planeswalkers in this deck. Um, And I would rather get instant value with the minus X and possibly just up to seven immediately to get instant value uh rather than just have ugin stick around bolting for a few turns to get that get that sweet ultimate off um so at least in this deck uh i'm not really paying attention Mm -hmm. to the other two abilities i'm mostly focusing on that for this deck 100
0: more kind of my thought is i mean if it were for the price tag I think ugin would have an argument to be in every single cedh deck how people try to argue that soul ring goes in every single cedh deck or not cedh every single edh deck uh ugin could probably be there it's just eight cmc is on the higher end um which you know there's always that thought process if you pay seven or eight mana or more it should be pretty game altering um and ugin definitely fits that bill so yeah super cool card i'm glad uh you have the uh, Alternate art, full art, because it's sick-looking.
1: Oh, I didn't select that. That's that's just the <laughs> default. Yeah. Anyway, what's what's your pick? All right, so my
0: pick is pretty cool. I'm, I'm 90% sure this is part of some infinite combo that you do not have in the deck, uh, but I'm pretty sure this card's a mm. part of it. Uh, we're talking Uyu Silent Prophet. So four colorless blue blue. Uh, legendary creature, Moonfolk Wizard. It's a 4-4 with flying. Pay two colorless, return two lands you control to its owner's hands. Uh copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. That's stupid. The fact that it's not instant sorcery spell you control. Just copy one. Yes. And oh, you cast expropriate? Cool. I'll pay two, bounce a couple lands. I'll also do an expropriate. How does that sound? Um You're gonna counterspell my thing? No, I think I'm gonna copy your counterspell. I mean It gives you so much utility but i can see why it's a spice because it is six to put out the creature and the paying two and bouncing two lands yes you might be able to play lands a little bit quicker than everyone but with all your land bouncing shenanigans bouncing two at a time is a lot worse than just bouncing one
1: yeah yeah uh that's something i would i would definitely consider cutting from the deck just to have a more cohesive sure. ability uh but something one of my first iterations definitely cared about um that whole uh bouncing lands to the hand a uh, type of i guess a combo in a way because i have also in this deck patron of the moon um where you can pay one to put two land cards from your hand in the play tapped uh so since most bounce effects for the lands don't actually care whether they're tapped or not i don't think any do i don't know why i specified that but the 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 fact that you can you can pay two to get them onto the field and then pay another two to get those two back to your hand and copy an effect and as long as you have the ability to drop like two or more lands onto the field in a single turn if you have if you have all of that out at once which also patron of the moon costs yeah. seven I'll so i'll cutting that, it. that oh. synergies <laughs> yeah that synergy probably isn't exactly there uh but the 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 effect of put paying one to put two on the field and then pay two to return uh there there might be something there where you're tapping for enough between them and you can go like pseudo infinite definitely a a possibility with this deck with the yeah definitely
0: what we would call a rude goldberg machine
1: yes yeah, this deck is almost <laughs> Rude Goldberg, almost. All right,
0: guys. Well, I think that's us wrap up the spice package. Now we're gonna have it to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, there's gonna be G3s and eyes, cuts and adds to the deck. They're gonna be under five, under 50, and no budget. We just can't talk about mana, only lands. So I'll start this off. Um, I know you alluded to it earlier, but I, I don't think this card's very good. We're gonna cut Kefnit the Mindful. Mm. So two mm. colorless blue, legendary creature God. It's a mythic. By five, flying indestructible. It can't attack or block unless you have seven or more cards in hand. Pay three in a blue, draw a card, then you may return a land you control to its owner's hand. The reason I don't think it's very good is I don't know how often you're having seven plus cards in your hand, that probably doesn't feel great in this deck considering i've kind of alluded to it it probably plays a little slow so you want to get out as much as you can mm-hmm. when you can but the big reason i'm cutting it is paying four to draw a card and maybe put a land back to hand that's just a very very expensive rate for me so that's why i want to cut that
1: yeah i i have to agree with you that's that's actually my. Uh... Sweet. my cut there um i i i would like to say that it it's a good effect but it's, it's not the fact that it's a flying indestructibles is, is kind of the, the allure. and the yeah. five five is kind of the, the the allure of it yes and the fact that it has that return it to your return it land your hand that that was one maybe my earlier iteration so uyo and kefnet are probably probably on the chopping block for my next uh, major iteration uh cool. for the deck uh, definitely not not too yeah. tied to them i mean it's it's spice when it gets to work but like you said seven seven cards in hand at least with this deck that's not that's not too doable. So I'm I'm not feeling too uh, yeah. sad cutting that. Deck, and or honestly,
0: cut I felt very comfortable considering you didn't even have a reliquary tower or a thought vessel in here, which tells me you rarely have over <laughs> seven cards in hand. That's not <laughs> a common occurrence. So what I want to add is a car from Zendikar Ooh. Rising that just came out. I want to add Felidar Retreat. Ooh. Three colorless white. It's an enchantment. It's a rare, and it has landfall. Whenever a land ETB is under your control, choose one. Create a two-two white cat beast creature token. Okay, fine. Um, you know, maybe it's your awakened stuff's too expensive. You don't really have the mana to do it. Okay, let's go that route. Gives you some blockers, but I think this is the bigger one. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance until end of turn. I like that. You're making your animated lands bigger. You're giving them the vigilance that they need so they can swing and then use for mana afterwards. And like I said, worst case, opposite end of the spectrum, you're at least making some chump two two guys to help protect you.
1: Agreed. Yeah, uh the, the being able to have Vigi on the living lands is definitely a, big plus uh being able to have them have both those modalities of swinging out as a creature and being able to Mm -hmm. um tap for mana so that's that's definitely a big consideration for for the deck um and the plus one plus encounters are just gravy on top of that um, Absolutely. So for, right. for my replacement, uh, it's also from Zendikar Rising. It's Undue Inversion. It's a sorcery that costs six and two white. And it says destroy all non-land permanents, but it, oh, it also has so the mean. flip side <laughs> that's also a land. Uh, so this deck... Oh, man. This deck is very um, light on interaction. That's probably the easiest way to yeah. say. It's light on the interaction. So the... Adding this in... I mean, set or sorry, eight costs a lot. um, But this this deck does have wild swings in mana from time to time um, and being able to just clear the board of everything except for my living lands. I think that's a, a sweet effect. Definitely something I would want in here. I think there's there's cheaper destroy or exile non-land permanent effects that I would care about for this deck, but the fact that it's a flip land and it's from yeah. you know that that's that's probably the the consideration here is that it's it's um it's got both both uh both sides are relevant at least some of the time
0: and you could even argue that and this is something that I've kind of thought with these pathway lands or whatever we're calling these flip lands. Um, modal. You could modal, cut flip. Mo- yeah. modal flip. Modal land. flip. Wow. Uh, you could cut a planes, a basic planes for this. And you haven't lost anything, especially with this deck. Because uh, the other side is a pay three life. that can come in untapped. Or is this a ETB tap?
1: So this one's just ETB tap. The, it was the okay. mythic cycle. The that mythic. Was, yes. Yeah.
0: So, you know, you cut out a basic planes and then you get it say you had to go to Mulligan six. This is the card. It's like, well, whatever. I'll just play the play the planes done um, or it's super late game. Instead of drawing a basic planes, which you would hate to draw at that point it's hey, now I have a way to possibly end the game. So I like it. I think that's a fantastic ad uh, over Kefnet, probably even better than a uh, fellow our retreat, to be honest, because that's a game winner.
1: Hmm. Yeah, All right, cl- Clear out the board, I like it Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, my under 50 I'm cutting the storm, storm cauldron I already kind of ranted about it a little bit earlier It just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't do it for me It doesn't move my juices So what is going to move the juices zone, I'm surprised you didn't have this in here Because he's kind of like the granddaddy Of animated lands Oh Arismithies the slumbering isle Seems like it'd be great in this deck
1: you know i was just thinking about that card the other day i will i'll, I'll make a little note for myself to uh jam that in here
0: yeah like so that. two colorless simic green and blue legendary creature kraken it's a 12 12. it etbs tapped with five slumber counters on it as long as it has a slumber counter it's a land and if you cast a spell you remove a slumber counter from a rick Smith Thieves and he taps for Simic. So the reason I think it's super cool tech is you have all these ways to turn your lands into animated lands. So while he has slumber counters on it, or it has slumber counters on it, you turn it into an animated land, now you're swinging, you're doing your stuff, then all of a sudden the counters are gone. However many counters you had on it, it's now plus 12. And so now it's not just a 12-12, now it's a 17-17, a 20-20. People cannot ignore that. Um, and, that, I, and that could draw some ire away from your other pieces.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm now remembering uh, when I was considering putting it in. Um, due to layers, um, most effects in this deck would actually just reduce the power and toughness in most cases, um, as opposed to it being a twelve twelve, like a, an effect that would make it a zero zero or two two sure. would actually have priority in the layers above its base power of 12. Really? Yeah, so a lot of effects that this deck have um, has negative synergy with that, Um, but as just a flavor ad and just a gen- <laughs> on its own on its own it's yeah. powerful so I think it's definitely a consideration to still have and the fact that it's a land that taps for two and I can sure. un- I can untap it with um, Derevi or a few other yeah. effects I think that's just a, a good inclusion overall so I'm definitely gonna uh, consider putting that back in I like
0: yeah. it even I though like the synergy that. doesn't work I win <laughs> um, alright what are you gonna cut for your under 50 at and what are you going to add for under 50 bucks
1: yeah so mine's mine's just going to be a strict upgrade i think uh so the cut is uh ramunap excavator which allows me to play oh. a um play a land from my graveyard so it's a three drop it says you can play lands from your graveyard the the upgrade is is from the new zandikar set it's ancient ah. green warden yeah it just does way more than that so it's a it's a four and two green so it's a six drop five seven with reach you can play lands from your graveyard so same text but here's the upgrade if a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time so maybe not so much with this derevi half but i alluded to having a obun package that I can switch between with the, the core of this the, the deck. So if I'm mm-hmm. gonna go Obun, um having having like Ancient Green Warden, a love landfall effects, and maybe also um the other card. Let's see, Ashaya, having that as well and just having all these all these um I guess that doesn't really affect the but that's Ashaya doesn't affect the the triggers, but the idea yeah. of having this separate build that i'd be leaning into i think that's that's very interesting as far as like where do i want to take this i think having more of a landfall theme and having this like strict upgrade over R- remin up excavator with the rider of, of just playing lands from graveyard that's not yep. always going to be relevant but with with uh ancient green warden it has that it has that text, but then it has all these, all this other um, value that you can generate from it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's hilarious that we talked about you being at a three, seven, eight CMC. We are just straight increasing that CMC right. with all <laughs> these ads, I love it. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I, I just opened uh, my collector boxes uh, this last weekend of uh, Zendikar Rising, and I actually got a few of the Ancient Green Wardens. And I'll be honest, I definitely paused because I wasn't sure what in the heck I would even put it in? Um, This deck's a Slam Dunk, but now the way that you talked about it, it's kind of giving me ideas of, I don't need to maybe necessarily be so focused on the fact that the land's coming in for the triggered ability. It's just like, what else do I have that has any other effects that could benefit from it? Um, And maybe it is worth putting in there because I did talk about very early on with Tomic, uh, how Commander is getting a little bit more streamlined, and there's gonna be lands, even a myriad landscape, you're gonna sack, and that's in a casual deck. Well, with Green Warren, I'm gonna get it back, and I could do that over and over again. That's a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think for this deck, though, it is sweet. Alright. No budget. Breaking the bank. Uh I'm gonna cut Patron of the Moon. Which yeah. uh, G three alluded to earlier, and this this I know this card is an infinite combo. I think there is another one that does like extra turns, and it's like the Moonfolk Offering Thingamabob. I I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. that kind of combo player. It takes me five cards to get there. Uh, if you're curious about the name, that's a lie.
1: <laughs> uh, so Patron <laughs> of the Moon, five colorless
0: like. blue blue. Legendary Creature Spirit. It's a 5-4. Uh, Moonfolk Offering. You may play this card any time you can play an instant by sacrificing a Moonfolk and paying the difference in mana cost between this and the sacrifice Moonfolk. Mana cost includes color. It has flying. Pay one colorless, put up to two land cards from your hand and to play tapped. We don't need to get into it. It's just very over-costed uh, mm-hmm. for what this deck is trying to achieve.
1: But yeah now I, now now I am considering cutting it <laughs> <laughs> so this is
0: a card that I think you have enough graveyard recursion this would work out well for you because the way I envision happening to this deck is I mean you got your indestructible stuff you know you're giving your stuff hex proof people eventually are going to a be out of answers and b figure out what kind of rigmarole you're trying to pull on them. So I think constant miss is a card that will keep you alive to that mid to late game when people are figuring it out and starting to swing out at you. So colorless green, instant, and it says creatures deal no combat damage this turn, but it has buyback. Sack a land. Yeah. You may sack a land in addition to its other costs when you play the spell. And if you do, put constant miss back into your hand instead of your graveyard as part of the spell's effect. So I actually run this in my Golgari deck, which isn't even a lands type of matters trying to pull from the graveyard. And it's kept me... There was one game where I think it kept me alive six different turns. Um, Mm -hmm. Because eventually when it gets that late in the game and you are getting overwhelmed with the forces, you're going to have lands to spare. But you also have ways to get all those lands back like a Green Warden or a Crucible of the Worlds. So I think Constant mess will keep you alive to where you can actually pull out the W
1: yeah i like that i like that definitely um a consideration for this deck especially the way it's just the the build currently is just a kind of goofy yeah hodgepodge and so that that just added value over time of of preventing the damage I, i that's that's a very good inclusion i like that sweet um And then mine i I kind of alluded to it earlier was prismatic omen i would probably just cut cryptolith right um cryptolith right says um creatures you control have tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool um but now now that i'm thinking about it i i didn't even consider cutting my bad cards (laughs) i was just i was just considering you know upgrading in a way um so i would yeah probably cut uyo or kefnet or you know one of my spice cards th- things that aren't fully in the uh in the realm of of 100 percent useful in the deck so that i this is like deck therapy i like this <laughs> i like this this is making me uh you know really i mean this is my this is one of my um bling builds in a way too because a lot of my cards um in this deck are foil and whatnot sure. and, and even even with that considered like i i think i think this deck can be a little more optimized i'd probably i don't know this is like a five or six even though it's got some powerful cards in it it's powerful cards doing something unoptimized yeah so i i think i could i could kick it into a strong six maybe a light seven if i if i just start making these swaps and putting you know, smooth smooth out the curve a little bit. Have it be a little less top heavy. I'm uh oh, I'm feeling good I mean, about yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> on, on a scale
2: of one to ten, how likely would you be to allow me to steal deck therapy and use that as a, like a new thing? That's a wonderful sounding podcast or like segment
1: I, or something. I like, like it. That. Go for, go for it. My only requirement is to have me don't, on. Don't <laughs> well uh yeah prismatic omen i
0: can't argue with it we talked about how you need those for us um and so obviously that's going to take care of that for you um we talked about the distribution of the mana that's going to take care of that for you i just didn't realize this card was 20 plus dollars
1: Woof, Good it Lord. used to be higher i believe it, really? it used to be like yeah didn't it get maybe it didn't get reprinted i thought it was higher um Whew yeah i, I maybe maybe i was thinking it, it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean i i just i just selected it but like i i thought it was higher um but the the fact that it just gives your lands every basic type yeah. they don't already have to be basic type uh, and it's in addition to the other um land types and it's only a two drop enchantment for one in a green like it's kind of a no-brainer except for the fact that it costs like $20, I'm pretty sure I picked this up for, <clears throat> Reese for
2: like four or five bucks or something like that sounds about right
1: oh my god that that's giving me nostalgia of when so I I first started really getting into eat I first got into it EDH in like 2012 but then started like spending paychecks on cards in like <laughs> yeah. 2013 and so I, f- I forgot when I think it was in in our community discord my, my channels community community discord like two years ago but talking about cards that we first bought off TCG player yeah. and I have an order or a series of orders when I first purchased from TCG player where I hit uh, rings of bright earth Oracle of Moldaya, yeah. and I um, A couple other cards and all of them were like three to six dollars. And it's just like, oh, I should have bought more than one (laughs) of each of them. I shouldn't have bought.
0: I shouldn't have just bought one to to give you one. uh, My first. Grim Monolith and my first Mana Crypt, I think my first Mana Crypt I got for $40. 30 bucks, somewhere in there. And I think Grim Monolith was maybe 50 or 55 um mm-hmm. and i ended up going through a spree i think i own like five grim monoliths five power artifacts four or five mana crypts and i never paid <laughs> anything close to these prices now but it makes me disgusted if i ever wanted to get another copy uh i'd have to sell my uh Dough. dude i got i got a yeah.
2: primal vigor in like 2014 2015 it was like three dollars like 350 and now mm-hmm. they're like 40 it's crazy
0: Uh, you know what else is crazy guys we're at the end of the episode and as promised here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor level one game shop we're gonna be giving away both of the zendikar rising commander decks and to enter it's super simple just promote the content we produce Uh, you get an entry for every interaction you're gonna do with us on social media and we will announce the winner on mtg action for news november 3rd and our social media accounts soon after and yes i know what you're thinking we're gonna be doing these giveaways each month it could be some pre-con decks like this it could be a little draft bundle like we did over the summer heck we could build you your own custom edh deck uh, like we did last november it just depends on what level one gaming can hook us up with but we would love some positive feedback on whatever consumption platform you're listening or watching us on whether it's youtube uh apple podcasts Google, I think they still have a podcast platform. They seem to be getting consumed by everything, but that, that—that is YouTube. So maybe that doesn't exist anymore. I could just be an old fart, but leave five star reviews. Mm-hmm. Le- leave some sweet, sweet nothings in the comment section. Uh, it means a lot to us to let us know that we're doing something good. And if we suck, you can just go yell at G three at MPG Lexicon. If you would, yes, please, please yell at me. <laughs> if you would like to uh, get a hold of us, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comment number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? You can't tell anyone because you're not effing here, bro. <laughs> you can reach him at Big Tuck Tweeting, I think. Yeah, that's that's correct. Is that it? He'll, uh, he'll right, most
2: likely right. maybe comment, maybe like it, maybe retweet. But don't look for a
0: lot of content coming from him. No, no. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we also have a website where we will have G3's deck list uh, posted cmdtower.com. Basically, just type in Crucible of Worlds, Meliku the Clouded Mirror, and Drown Your Temple Tower.com. Uh, G3, shameless plug time. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you, the content you produce, the ways that they can maybe give you nostalgia on cards that are now expensive but used to be cheap.
1: yeah so uh i'm one of the hosts of mtg lexicon a bi-weekly wait is that right twice a week yeah we stream we stream paper commander twice a week uh we're coming up on our fifth anniversary wow, um, on uh, on mid-december so check out our 24-hour stream that's going to be happening uh sometime early december check out mtg underscore lexicon on Twitter um that that's also our Twitch handle. We stream Tuesday and Saturday nights. Um I'm on every once in a while. I tend to backfill just depending on what's going on. Uh just playing remotely from my house, but we used to play all in the same studio and that was like our time to be our alive, uh, niche yeah it's it's a it was a crazy thing the whole idea is to get drunk and have fun with friends at the same table and so that, that was the um crux of it but then uh COVID happened and the world changed and the fire nation attacked uh, you can get me at mtg underscore lexicon on twitter if you uh search on your discord server i might be on there depending on where you are Whoa. just look for g3 underscore lexicon who knows which server i'm on i'm on a bunch uh if you at me you know i will gladly interact with you and uh plugging myself for a moment i have uh, a little bit of a life change happening right now so i need a little bit more money so i've spent a little bit too much money on magic cards so i have a bunch of flavorful decks that you might want to buy from me they're sleeved they're pre-built and i will work with you (laughs) to get the the list of 100 out exactly how you want it just look at bit bit.ly forward slash g the number three decks and uh that's gonna be a list of it's a spreadsheet with a bunch of basically all the decks i've i've built in the last four or five years um and so Anything in green, I'm looking to sell. I'm looking to sell. Paper. I'm looking to sell. I'll come buy my decks. <laughs> so um, what we'll do so is we'll
0: actually um, G3 shoot me that link, and we will post it in the yeah, article, sure, guys. Sure. So uh, if, if your eyes kind of glaze over because you hear all these alphanumeric and symbols, and you're not sure exactly what <laughs> to type, uh, just go into cmdtower.com/slash and B E 64 and you'll be able to see a link to the decks
1: sweet yeah so um that's that's what i got going on um i'm i'm not full of hot takes usually but um, if you do want hot takes like i said on twitter g3 underscore lexicon awesome
0: sweet mcgee if people want to get figure out how to get a hold of yourself in your manolith commentary how would they do that well, you still know email is the best way to get at me that's a uh, squee at
2: cmdtower.com. Uh, you, can you. Mm-hmm. Twitter-vous, Twitter-vous. you can find me on the Twitter voos or Twitter you can find me you can find me on the Twitterverse at dear Squee uh i am actually decently interactive i made a post last night i made a post a couple days ago uh i've i've actually followed some new people and retweeted some things you know put some meaningful thought into contents who would have thought that could be a thing but uh there i am once in a fleeting moment you'll find me on twitter uh that's kind of how twitter works or you can find me at rich chaos records on facebook or instagram uh I had to go get tested for COVID this week. Please don't come and see me. I don't even I don't even want to keep that bit in here anymore.
0: <laughs> I'm continuing the bit. He can handle all your audio needs and does have a full studio if you are in the Kansas City metro area. Mass Require, hazmat suits require because sure. he might be infected. Mm-hmm. If you would like to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing and let them know that you appreciate the monthly giveaways that they contribute, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. As they have their own storefront, they do have their own TCG store for all the singles. Uh, They sell everything you need, guys. Go help them out. They're awesome peeps. Um, And like I said, as soon as they get me some information on the... Commander Legends draft kits That they're going to be selling uh, We will be sure to post And talk about that on the cast If you would actually like though To help us uh, keep the lights on Keep buying you guys cool products Head over to our Patreon Patreon.com slash CMD Tower We have several different reward tiers Uh, You can just get the Discord access If you'd like uh, All the way up to getting Your own CMD Tower playmat sleeves All our custom tokens Our custom coin Heck, we're even coming out With a Jund holiday sweater So Jimmy can hashtag coming for you if you can't subscribe from a monthly perspective but you would still like to buy some of the swag just head over to cmdtower.com slash merch we sell everything on there we're trying to figure out the shipping i think it still might be a flat three dollars who knows uh but you can pick definitely pick everything up on there uh definitely appreciate it because like i said if not toys for tots is going to be sleeves for steves i don't know maybe all the tots are named steve (laughs) that could be a thing and, of course, thank you again to Peak Royal for the music provided in the episode. So, G3, we're at the end. Derevi, Animated Lands. How do you feel? I feel like you're getting more and more excited. It sounds like the deck therapy has helped, but, you know, give us a summary. How do you I'm feel hyped. about how the episode went?
1: Yeah, th- this was great. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely... As I mentioned, having the, the red package and blue package, I'm considering that, but I got some ideas as to how to make the blue package more streamlined. So I'm I'm definitely um, definitely looking forward to to that in the coming weeks or months and, and working on on this deck and getting it getting it up to speed as to far as far as like getting rid of some of the some little jankier and high-costed <laughs> yeah. stuff and getting getting some uh, getting some goodies in here. So uh, this was a ton of fun. I'm glad I had the opportunity. Thanks for having yeah, me absolutely, on. man. And
0: I'll, I'll say this. Um, it's okay to have over-costed, j- janky fun. You know, we'll, we talked about that on the most recent MTG Action 4 News uh, with Mr. Bevers about, you know, over-costed cards for kind of what they do um, in Commander.
1: And so that's, that's okay. But I... F- this is the format to play. Yes, uh,
0: but my thought's always been if you're going to run something kind of weird and janky that's really overcosted. It needs to at least kind of fit the overall arching flavor. Uh, Chroma's memorial would be one that's a bit overcosted. It's seven. It does creature mm. stuff, and you probably aren't going to have a ton of creatures. But at least it kind of fits to where it's like, oh, well, they get flying and vigilance and some protection, and so that's all right. Indestructible? No, right? they don't get indestructible. I can, get, I can never remember. Get, with, okay, I think it's haste, vigilance, first strike,
2: flying. I think it's protection from red and black. Protection, red and
0: black. Yeah. And there's one more. Mm. It actually maybe Lifelink because it gets seven abilities for seven mana. Um, so so that would be a card that's a little overcosted, but it kind of loosely fits the theme. Where I think we've talked about a few of the cards yeah. where it's like it's overcosted and it just very narrowly does it. So I think yeah, if you get some of that jankier mm-hmm. stuff out, even if you don't put in oped cards, it's gonna be good yeah all right well i think that's
1: it guys well thank you i i really appreciate it y'all have a great rest of the day and uh good luck with the rest of the content and that giveaway much
0: see ya